What's up, Dialed fam? Welcome to episode 161 of the Dialed Health Podcast. My name is Derek Teal. I'm the owner and head coach here at dialedhealth.com. And on today's episode, I have the privilege of bringing you one of the most powerful testimonials I've ever received as a coach in the last 11 years of coaching. It's from Daniel Benjamin, who reached out to me in October of last year. He had some questions about getting started with food tracking, implementing strength training, and I really didn't think anything of it at the time because they were kind of your standard, let's get started questions. Now, fast forward, and he would follow up with questions really about the next step. And this is when I could tell that Daniel was taking action because every time he asked a follow-up question, it, I, I could tell that he had put in the work or completed what the previous question was all about. It was like he was moving forward constantly. And then I had the chance to meet him at a gravel race, actually in the middle of a gravel stage race, which is why we could talk at an aid station. He came out, his wife, Elizabeth was racing and I talked to him and he's like, dude, I've lost 40 pounds. And a couple months later, he followed up with a testimonial that literally left me jaw dropped because he continued his process to hit his actual goal weight, which meant that since October, he lost 60 pounds and increased his FTP from 315 to 340. So that took him from 3.4 watts per kilo to 4.5 watts per kilo. And he also has no more back pain, which was completely debilitating before he had started strength training. And so I read that and immediately asked him, can you please tell me you have some before and after photos? And when he sent it to me, it was one of the most satisfying things I'd ever seen, not only because of the story, because of the photos also back it up. Like if you just saw the transformation photos alone, you would have to know what the heck this guy did, especially when you understand the timeline is about 10 months, give or take. So naturally, I wanted to dive deeper, and that's the whole point of this podcast, is to go through his testimonial point by point and make sure that we can give you guys the actionable steps as to exactly what he did throughout the process. Now, besides the information, the reason I love this episode so much is because it's very rare I go over someone's story. And his story is so powerful that when you hear about the moment of his decision to basically start moving forward, to change his health around, to really change his lifestyle in a big way, you're going to have some tears in your eyes. You're going to have a lump in your throat. I know that I did. And it's rare I get kind of choked up about stuff. But as he was talking to me, I was like, this is so real. And especially as a father, he's a husband. He's, uh, it works in law enforcement. So he's very active in his job. He has a very high risk job. Hearing about the stakes and just reality and everything that he had to basically face head on at that time, it, it, it just will inspire you beyond belief. So I hope that you love this episode. And after you listen to it, click the link in the description to go to the blog post where you can actually see those before and after photos. I'll also have his testimonial there for you guys and a link to this podcast in case you want to share it with anybody because Daniel's goal to be on this podcast was purely to inspire people. So if it inspires you, please let him know. You can reach out through his Instagram handle that's also linked in the description. You can also let me know by posting a screenshot that you listen to this episode on your Instagram story and tagging myself and also Daniel. And if you are a Dialed Fan member or just want to know more about what's going on with myself and Dialed Health in general, stick around to the end of the episode for some business updates and for me to let you know what the heck is on my mind and weekly thoughts. Now, without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Daniel, you are fresh off of SBT Gravel, and I can't wait to get into the results of the day, but we're going to take it all the way back to 2015 at the start of your testimonial, which I'm going to read chunk by chunk, and we'll dissect it one chunk at a time because you wrote me one of the most inspiring testimonials 
And I think to read it word for word would only do it justice. So are you game to do it that way? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Okay, let's dive into this. So you say, the journey started when I graduated the police academy in 2015. I was in the best shape of my life. All we did is run and do bodyweight exercises for hours every day. Once I got into the job, it got harder for me to keep up that fitness. Over the years, I slowly gained 5 to 10 pounds a year until I hit my breaking point in October of 2022. I was the only one to blame for this. I am not going to blame the job or anything else. I had the control and just let myself go. I've always ridden bikes and even raced road bikes when I was in my late teens, early 20s. I was in the prime example of you I was the prime example of you can't outride a bad diet and probably a little bit too much alcohol. So to fast forward, we get to October of 2022 and you start to have some heart issues. Now, we're going to discuss that turning point in your testimonial, but let's talk about those years as you started your job in law enforcement and you were in the best shape of your life. What was what was happening to you to actually gain that weight, like in hindsight? Um, so I came out of the police academy, graduated, actually got like Superior Fitness Award, which was one of the first uh, Superior Fitness Awards that was given for that. There's a, there's a bunch of different academies around the state, but one of the first ones that's ever been given for that academy. And um, I think it was like a mile and a half. It was right, right under under 10 minutes, 100 push-ups, um, 60 sit-ups in a minute. And I think it was a max jump. I don't remember. I think it was two feet. And uh, so I got that award. And uh, so, but we were, we were running every day, um, all body weight exercises, you know, burpees, push-ups, sit-ups, everything that you could think of. And uh, so I came out of the police academy straight into the job, um, three months of training, like it's called FTO or field officer training, and uh, super stressful. So I wasn't, um, the running kind of stopped, the body weight, a lot of it stopped. And I, I kind of went back into the gym. I was riding my mountain bike a little bit, um, but it was like the intensity of the academy completely went away. And it's really common uh, for officers coming out of the academy. So kind of like the first year or two, um, I, I, I was consistently in the gym and I would say more like uh, conventional, like bodybuilding type gym stuff. So, you know, benching, squatting, like chest day, back day, arms, legs, and uh, still ride my mountain bike, not, not no road or gravel or anything at that point. Um, but, you know, weekend graves, the stress of the job, I experienced a lot of, I was kind of called the, um, I wouldn't, I don't want to say the word, but the magnet of the department at that time. So it's just experiencing <laughs> a lot of, a lot of like super traumatic events one after another as a new officer working weekend graves, uh, which was, you know, terrible for sleep and diet and stuff. And, um, just kind of started not taking care of myself as well. And just, it's, it's way too common for, for guys out of the Academy the first couple of years and they start gaining weight, um, bad weight, you know, and, and it kind of just spiraled for me at least. Um, and, and you're in your early thirties at this time, right? Yeah. I was 29 when I got out of the Academy. So, um, you know, I guess still pretty young, but, um, yeah, it just kind of, kind of spiraled and, and caught up to me over the years. And, you know, like you said, five to, like I said, five to 10 pounds over the years. And it just, it finally, you know, 
eight years later, nine years later, and here we are. So, um, yeah. And, and let's pick it right back up because that takes us to October of 2022. And mm-hmm. you say, I started to have some heart issues. It came to a head on one day when I was with my son, my wife was away for work. My heart started pounding out of nowhere. I felt like, Oh, it felt like over-exaggerated heartbeats. I ended up getting checked out that day and had a follow-up with a doctor appointment. <clears throat> Re- say that. I ended up getting checked out that day and had follow-up doctor appointments. There was no clear sign of what it was. At this time, I was around 220 pounds at 5'9". This was the time period when I decided to change my life to make sure I'm around for my family. I was developing medical issues related to my health. And I had severe low back pain most days and on the bike. So basically, the stress, the less activity, horrible sleep schedule, the poor food choices, which are kind of inevitable if you're working graveyard, uh, all started compounding. But until that point where you had the, the heart scare, uh, especially being alone with your son, with your wife out of town, that would be very... Uh, very vulnerable feeling, I think for your son, I'm sure. But also, did you feel the need to make a change before that? Like, was there ever a day where you're kind of like looking at yourself in the mirror, like, dude, I need to, I need to change the, the, the snowball effect right now. Or was it, were you not even aware of everything that was happening on health wise until that point? Um, I was aware I had a few, I would say I had a few moments last year, but the heart issue that one day was kind of like the tipping point. Um, I had a few, like it was, I think it was two or three different incidents where I got severely dehydrated from riding to the point, um, mountain biking or I was road biking a little bit, um, to the point where I ended up in urgent care, uh, getting IV fluids and stuff. And it was just, just not taking care of myself, um, finishing rides and drinking bubbly waters instead of hydrating. And it was these couple of times, uh, I got super sick, throwing up, um, dizzy, and I had to go to the ER. Like I just got crazy dehydrated. It was just an example of me not taking care of myself. Um, and then I had, we, my wife and I did this. I think I talked to you about this, this one ride. It's a huge climb near us. Um, and we ended up doing it and it was last year. And I, I remember pretty vividly because I got probably a mile from the mile starting it from the bottom about a mile up, it's just, it's probably a 3000 foot gain, um, climb. And, uh, I just couldn't do it. Like I was just my, my lower back completely seized up. Um, I was running like a 40, 52 and I could barely turn it over. And, uh, it was, I kind of had a, I kind of broke down at that point. I made it up barely. <laughs> um, but it was one of those moments where I love riding my bike, but I physically couldn't do it couldn't do it. And I couldn't do it with my wife like I wanted to. And, uh, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't the complete tipping point, but it was, it was pretty hard for me to deal with that. Um, and you know, riding a bike, whether it's mountain bike, road bike, gravel bike at that weight is, um, it's not fun (laughs) at all, at least for my body. Uh, My body couldn't handle it. I'm sure some people can deal with it just fine, but my body, I couldn't deal with it. Um, so kind of that day, the dehydration issues, just me basically not taking care of myself. And then uh, it was in October where I had those heart um, heart issues that were going on. And 
it was that one day I remember it really vividly what happened. Um, I was walking kind of in the development where we were with my son, um, just pushing him in the stroller. And uh, I knew something was going on that week. It just didn't feel right. Um, but we were out on the walk and my heart was just the best way to explain it. It was, just, like I said, over-exaggerated heartbeats, but thumping really hard. I've never felt it like in my life. And it wasn't, it wasn't consistent. It was just these random thumps, like thump, 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 thump. But I could, like, I could almost see it in my chest. It was bad. Um, so I called one of the paramedics that I know really well. And I said, I was like, Luke, this is what's going on. I don't know. I don't, something's not right. Um, you know, can I come over to the station or whatever? And, and uh, so we drove over to the station. They hooked me up to, I think it was called like a 10 lead or something. It's one of the, they put 10 different stickies all over you and start monitoring. And so, um, sorry, this part's really hard. Um, yeah, take your time. Yeah. So Jack was, uh, my son was with, um, a firefighter was holding him. And I know these guys cause I work with them a lot was holding him and he's crying and uh, I'm sitting there and I start losing it like I am right now. And I was like, I can't believe this is what it's come to, you know? I didn't know if I was going to the ER. I didn't know if I was like, I don't, something, I was having an irregular heartbeat to where I had to go, you know, emergency room, get, I had no idea, but it was, my wife was out of the country and it was that, that I think it was that moment um, where everything switched. Um, cause it was real. And yeah. I still, I, I got, I went and got my heart checked out, um, later on and they didn't really find anything. There was a, I should have looked it up, um, beforehand what the, what the actual medical term for was it. Cause there is something that it's called. Um, but, uh, yeah, it kind of just, it, it, it went away after I started taking care of myself. Um, but I needed to get checked out. There was no, and my heartbeat was fine. Um, but it was enough for me to make, make, you know, obviously start down the path that I did. Um, yeah. It's and just, we uh, can pick up your testimonial from there as well. And yeah, I just got to take a breath because honestly, I got like a little lump in my throat listening to that man, because it's just different when you have kids. I mean, and you don't want your kid to see you as the dad in that position. Um, especially because even from your testimonial, you definitely are willing to take blame for all of it. So, yeah. and I think that's a good thing, not, not to sound harsh, but you know that you're in control of your life, you know, and you're not putting blame on anybody else. So for you in that moment, you probably feel like this is, this is my bad. Um, and then there's the real fear of, you know, something serious happening. So I'm just saying it back to acknowledge it because, man, as you're saying that, I'm like, whew, I'm kind of getting worked up too. So it's, thanks for being open to sharing that. Yeah, You are not the only one that's probably had moments like that. I'm sure there's a lot of guys listening that they're either on their way to that or they've experienced something similar in the past. So I think the fact that this was the turning point for you is super powerful and we can pick up the uh, the testimonial from there. You basically say, I started cleaning up my diet and riding the bike more. I quickly lost 10 pounds. 
I then set a goal to ride BWR Arizona in March. Uh, and for a reminder, anyone listening, this is back in October, 2022. So March, you're looking at like six months, uh, the wafer around this time I found dialed health and started using the programs. I also started food tracking with my fitness pal. My wife and I finished BWR together and I was hooked on gravel. It was my first gravel event I've ever done. I can tell you right now that my body was a complete wreck during and after the race. My back and hips were seized up for most of the race. I was 199 pounds at the time. So essentially from that point, you lost about 20 pounds going into BWR. You signed up for the race and I want to address the hydration issue. So I think what you pointed out is great because it's the difference between having a healthy baseline that's durable and being just walking the tightrope of dehydration and going to the hospital when you're not properly fueled. So by that point, you started riding more, tracking food. Did you feel like you're having scares with the dehydration at that point? Um, like were there concerns with your heart going to a race at that point and, and trying to actually perform and push yourself? Like, I'm wondering when that, when you felt comfortable pushing again, you know what I mean? Um, it, the heart, I never had any, like I started, um, I started on Zwift. Well, it was, it was probably two years ago, really, but really riding in November and, uh, like putting in actual miles, um, and starting to get some fitness, like my power was going up and I never had any heart, those heart issues come back again. Um, I was paying attention to it. Um, but they never came back paying attention to obviously hydration. And at that point I was starting to learn listening to podcasts and stuff about actually fueling and hydrating for, cause I really didn't know, like it's a whole new world now mm -hmm. that I know just from, you know, trying to learn things, but, um, the hydration and fueling, I think went pretty well for BWR. We stopped two or three times for the wafer, which was, I think it was like 68 or 70 miles. So way more than probably. I would have now at this point. Um, but I, I, w I was fine that way. Um, no issues there. So it was just, I mean, you did the course, you know, the course, just the physically demanding course, first gravel race coming from basically riding the trainer from November to February, not being on a gravel bike. And, uh, and my body was just, it just, my bet, my lower back was completely destroyed. <laughs> my hips were like seized up half, you know, it was, it was a mess. I was a mess after, but I really enjoyed it. The challenge, um, my wife and I finished, you know, we crossed the finish line together and we did it, you know, our time was pretty good. It was like closer to, it was just under six hours for, for, it was like 70 miles on, on that course. And we were happy with it, enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, after that, it kind of really, like really kicked into gear on mm. obviously the, training not training but riding and then even more serious with food tracking um and figuring things out because i had so I, so I started food tracking at 211 um and then i did bwr around 200 pounds so it, it took me a bit to kind of figure out how to do it um figuring out how much protein i needed carbs fats all that stuff and then it took me a couple of months like i said to kind of figure it all out but once kind of after bwr March, April, May, it, it started rolling pretty good and the weight started coming off a lot faster. Yeah. Did you use my diet recommendations for the food? Yeah. And then I used the calculator a lot. Um, but I didn't, I knew about my fitness pal beforehand, 
but so from some of your podcasts and stuff, I learned more about macros. You know, I, I stuck pretty religiously to one gram of protein per pound of body weight and then filling in with carbs and fat. Um, I think we talked about like percentages like fat, uh, protein, carbs and fat in some of our messages, um, just figuring out what worked for me. But I kind of just figured it out through just, I don't know, research and podcasts and listening to all sorts of podcasts. But, you know, yours, some of yours that were like from years ago, um, yeah. just kind of looking through some of the titles. I actually reposted one of them and it's for anyone listening, episode 121, it's called The Perfect Cycling Diet. And it talks about the whole process that, uh, that Daniel's mentioning right now. So you guys can go and check that out and get more details uh, on basically how to start tracking your food. Cause I, I don't want to get too in the weeds, but it's great to know that you relied on that, uh, to keep the me- needle moving further. Because I know even as you progressed in your weight loss and hit plateaus, we would talk again about your macros and tweaks that we can make. Mm-hmm. And we've been keeping it moving. So let's dive back into the story. Now you finished BWR Arizona. You are really fired up to do more gravel events. At this point, you've lost 20 pounds. You finished the ride with your wife, which is very different from that climb that you mentioned earlier. And so it seems like you have some real momentum building and you say fast forward to now. And I just hit my goal of 165 pounds. I graduated the police Academy in 2015 around this weight. I knew that it was a safe weight I could maintain. These are some of the stats from January to now, since I started tracking and testing. My resting heart rate went from 60 beats per minute to 45 beats per minute. Uh, again, you are, you're 39 now for uh, reference mm-hmm. for anybody. Your VO2 max went from 44 to 58. Your FTP went from 315 to 340. And your watts per kilogram went from 3.4 to 4.5. I got to just pause for a clap break. I mean, dude, this, you lost, you lost, uh, I can't do my quick maths right now. 60 pounds, 55 pounds or 60 pounds. It was, it was around, I guess it would be around 60 because I, the original was like 220, I think. So yeah, 220, 60. So, oh, I, you know, I got to keep reading because you even talk about more. Let's just, let's keep going because there's something else I want to talk about and we got to add more claps here. I kept to one gram of protein per pound of body weight, as you mentioned. I stayed with a 500 calorie deficit per day. I consumed a majority of my carbs before, during, and after my workouts slash rides. I would take in 60 to 90 grams per hour on any ride over two hours, no matter what. On some five hour plus ride days, I take in 600 grams of carbs throughout the day and the ride. Even on these days, I will stay in a 500 calorie deficit. On these long ride days, I could be consuming 4,000 plus calories. I always made sure to eat and drink enough carbs and calories on these big ride days. I never got done with a ride feeling super hungry and empty. I knew this could lead to a huge food binge. Now, the fact that you mentioned that is so crucial because people refuse to believe that you can fuel your workouts and maintain a deficit, but you're proving it right now. And again, go check out episode 121 if you want to understand that more. So now you say, I am healthier, happier, stronger, and faster now. I'm really enjoying life with my family more than ever. I also love riding my bike way more than last year. It was way more enjoyable and comfortable to ride. Really looking forward to SPT for more gravel. Now, you also talked about no back pain. And I'm just going to finish this out because we can dive into SPT and 
basically what you're going to do from here, but you say, I'm going to, this sounds like I'm patting myself on the back, but you wrote it. Okay. So (laughs) Dowd Health and you, Derek, have played a big role in this transformation. You've been great to talk to and bounce ideas off. I consistently do two to three Dowd Health workouts a week on top of riding. Right now I'm in the middle of the gravel program. This is the kicker. This is what I wanted to get to. My back pain has completely gone away on and off the bike. Overall, I'm in the best shape of my life right now. It's hard to even explain how good it feels to be strong on the bike. A lot of this has to do with Dowd Health programs. Thank, thanks uh, for d- everything, Derek, and I look forward to seeing you at more events, which I really had a lot of FOMO for not being at SBT. Now, the fact that you lost 60 pounds, your FTP went up from, was it three, uh, I'm sorry, 260 to 340? It was so the one test I did in January, it was January or February, right before it was on 315 on it was on Zwift. Three um, oh that's right. But you went from 3.4 to 4.5 watts per kilo. Yeah, so yeah. weight goes down, FTP goes up, back pain's eliminated, nutrition is dialed in, and you're 165 at 5'9 and 39 years old right now, dude. So first off, huge congrats. Um I'm like I can't tell you how happy this transformation has personally made me, um, but I am so happy for you, for your family. Um, getting to this point now, so since BWR to this point now, what has been the target goal? Like, at what point did you say, hey, I want to get to 165? Or was it from there you just focus on, hey, I'm going to just keep going and we're going to train to get to SBT? Uh, what was the next goal from getting, from getting at 165 from, uh, from BWR, like what kept the needle moving forward for you after that? Um, I think, I think basically what it was is obviously the motivation from losing 20 pounds helped a lot. Finishing that race was big for me. And then, you know, coming to springtime in, in Utah, so be able to ride outside helped a lot. But at that point, I've kind of figured out what I needed to do to lose is about one to two pounds per week. It's got to a point where it's consistently two pounds. And getting through those first couple of months, kind of getting things rolling, like it, there wasn't, I didn't really have any setbacks at that point. I did have a couple of weeks where I stalled at, I think it was around like 180 pounds. And I think I talked to you about that because I just had a, I had to drop my, um, was it BMR? So basic meta- uh, metabolic rate. But just the motivation That's of right. seeing the weight. Yeah. Do, do you mind my... if I pause you right there? So yeah, that yeah. is something we need to point out. As you lose weight, your metabolism technically gets slower because you get smaller. So in when you're losing significant amounts of weight, you need to readjust your basal metabolic rate and slightly drop your calories because what got you from 220 to 200 won't get you from 200 to 180 most of the time. You have to keep making small tweaks. And I know that as you've gotten leaner and leaner, we've done little things like increase protein uh, even mm-hmm. a little bit more, drop carbs a little bit more at times, even adjust opposed to adjusting calories. So um, sorry to interrupt, but I felt like I had to nail in that point. Yeah, I think it's just just the motivation. Like, I mean, I think it got to the point where I was I was going down. I've down well, two pant sizes. Actually, funny thing is, I went down half a shoe size which was, really? wasn't expected. Yeah. Cause when you think about it, 60 pounds on your foot, you know, you're obviously your feet are taking all that weight. And so my foot got narrower. Um, not long, wow. obviously, you know, not 
so I can wear smaller shoes. I didn't have to wear as bigger shoes. So my cycling shoes went half a, half a size down because my shoes were too big, which was kind of funny, but, um, but yeah, obviously clothes, clothes fitting a lot better, feeling better. Um, I can talk a little about, I think once you start getting into like the lower numbers where your where your body fat's getting closer to like, you know, 12, 10%, the, the energy level stuff. But you know, when I was around from 180, 190 to 170, energy was really good. Obviously, riding a lot. Power was going up on the bike. Um, it was in March or April. We did a pretty good block in Arizona where we were doing 100-mile rides for a couple of days in a row. And I would have never thought a couple of months ago I'd be able to do that and get done with the rides and be completely fine. Um, yeah. So just those things compounding um, with the weight coming off, being – um, having all those, like, I guess, little successes on the bike. I wasn't racing or anything, you know, just riding and being able to do, you know, hundred mile rides back to back, big rides, harder rides was just, it just kept the ball rolling. It was the motivation was just from the results and being able to comfortably ride my bike and faster and, and longer. It was, it was amazing kind of how that all process went. So. So yeah. then you get to SBT gravel, which just happened last weekend. Mm -hmm. And you were signed up for the hundred mile course originally. And yeah. then I got a text from you that said, I just upgraded to the 140. Yeah. What made you decide to do that? One was some pressure from my, one of my buddies because he nice. did the, uh, he did, yeah. <laughs> so he did the black course. That was the 142 a couple of years ago. He's like, if you're going, you might as well do it. And uh, we did a big ride to two weeks prior um, together. It was like hundred miles, 13,000 feet of climbing. And, um, I had zero issues with it. I felt completely fine after. Um, so I know I could ride for six, seven hours and, uh, be just fine. So it was like two days before kind of right base, basically when we were leaving, I was like, no, I'll just do it. Might as well. It's another what 42 miles. Um, so yeah, I just I decided. It. So yeah. how'd it go? It was a crazy experience for sure. Um, lining up at. I think our start was 6.30. So I lined up at 6. There's already 500 people in front of me. I should have lined up a lot sooner. <laughs> and uh, the energy was crazy. Um, so we started off. It was neutral-ish, I guess you want to call it. But um, started off super fast pavement section. And I learned later that uh, I think after like 7, seven to 10 miles that like, Keegan went off the front. So kind of like accordion the whole pack. And we were flying the first 10 miles because um, everyone's trying to chase, obviously, the front. So, And it's a hu huge pack. So, and it wasn't that hard because you're in a huge pack. But we were I, – I I'd have to go back and look. But we were averaging you know, over 25, 30 miles an hour for that first bit. Um, hit the gravel, and it kind of exploded then. And everything started breaking up. And uh, went over a couple climbs, was just making my way up. And – at that point, I told myself I wasn't going to go a threshold because I had such a far time to go or such a long way to go, you know. Um, so I was kind of staying like zone three, nothing crazy, um, few like technical weird descents. And then I ended up in a group. Uh, it was the second group of the on the road for the pro women um, from what I found out. Um, I'm trying to I'm blanking on her name. Um, she's a canyon rider. Um she won BWR last year. I'm blank. Um, uh, why am I spacing uh, was, on this as she well? She was a triathlete. Um, oh, Heather Jackson. A, like a, Heather Jackson. Yeah, yeah. 
So I ended up in a group with Heather Jackson, a few other pro women that I recognized. And like, it was fast men's group too. And, uh, we went up this first, so we went up the first climb at, it was about 40 miles. It was the first big climb of the ride. And, um, I'm just making my way up through the pack, like feeling really good, staying, staying below a threshold. Cause I, I still wanted to, I didn't want to, you know, pin it at that point. And I'm just riding next to people and they're like full anaerobic just, and I'm, I was kind of blown away a little bit. Like I was actually feeling that good. Um, but yeah, I stayed with that pack and then we went into like a, it was a kind of like a double track, single track section at the top of the climb. And that pack kind of split a little bit. Um, so we chased again, went to a downhill and I came into the feed zone at mile 50. And, um, I, I, I should, I learned a lot from that race about, well, obviously people don't stop. These groups don't stop. So yeah. I stopped, I, uh, this pack, it was probably 20 of us rolled through and there was only a couple of us that stopped for water. I had a full pack and I went through two bottles at that point, 50 miles. Um, so I stopped and filled up and that, that group was gone. I couldn't chase back on. So I got into another group. It was another group, uh, mixed of men and women, um, some more pro women. And, um, and that was pretty much the group until the feed zone at mile 80, um, where everyone stopped at that point. And then it was the, it was the additional loop for the black course. Um, it was, it was a really tough loop. It was probably, I mean, that was the second big climb. And so it all kind of blew apart right there. And it was more like two groups of like two to three. Um, I was with, I ended up with this one guy from, from Boulder from like mile one, or was it 90 to the finish? Cause it all just blew apart then. So we were catching people from that Heather, our, um, Heather Jackson group. And there was a big climb on that, on that loop. And, uh, I just kind of stayed with this guy. And then we were just catching people came down this descent, um, caught another guy. And these, these two guys were big, like big diesel engine type guys. So I knew I wanted to stay with them because we had a bunch of downhill, two little climbs, and then it was just super fast to the finish. Um, so we all worked together really well and it was, you know, just kind of hammering. And I was actually really surprised when I got to like mile, um, I guess it was, that's the one section I know it's the cow Creek section. It's like, it's a downhill right before the last pavement. It's a super fast, uh, descent kind of like softball type rocks, uh, super really fun. And we were flying down that and then came into the pavement and just hammered all the way back, you know, pace lining. And so th that from like mile 120 to 140 is actually when I felt the best during the race, it was kind of weird. So, um, but just that feeling at the end of the race, just hammering, like taking strong pulls. I, I can't remember my a couple looked down a couple of times, but you know, 300 plus watt pulls on the front. And at that point, and, uh, just pace lining with these guys and, and crossing the line and feeling like just pretty normal, like feeling good at the end of that, after doing an, the farthest ride I've ever done was like 102 miles. Um, but you know, finishing, finishing that. in uh, I think it was seven thirty. um, was our time. And then I got 13th in the third 30 to 39. Um, and Crazy. between up. Yeah. And, uh, I was, yeah, it was, a, it was a, it was an amazing experience just going, you know, um, that whole race. I mean, this, um, I felt really, I had a few, like, you know, the twinge cramps coming on like once in a while where you think, Oh my, I might have, I might fully lock up. 
but I kept, <laughs> um, just kept pedaling through them and they went away. But, um, I had a pretty good nutrition hydration plan. I went through uh, one bottle in the beginning with 100, 180 grams of carbs. And then, uh, then I went to my pack. You, you put 180 had, in yeah, one bottle? It was, a big, it was a big bottle, yeah. And did you do yeah. that just to sip on? Like, did you have a goal to finish yeah, yeah. that within the first so, uh, like two hours three, or something? Three or hours, yeah. So three okay. hours on, on that bottle. And then I had, um, I think it was 300 grams in my pack for the rest of it. So... <laughs> It, I, 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 uh, yeah. So I mean, I knew, I knew that I still wanted to take in 90 grams per hour and I planned on eight hours. Um, and I wanted to have, what'd you do with your sodium? That, it was, so there's, I think I use never second and I think yeah. there's two to 300 milligrams per serving in their gels and their scoops. Yeah. So I was getting close to a thousand f- per hour just from the, um, I had one gel and then basically two scoops per hour for 90. Nice. So I had, I, I thought I was okay. I mean, I probably could have done like a sodium supplement or something like that. Um, cause I, st- I was getting like those like twingy cramps coming on, but they went away. Um, Dude, well, but, you know, it's insane right now. And yeah. I, I can't help but think less than a year ago, this would have been like, you were speaking another language. No, you, like no everything idea. you're telling yeah. me right now, you had none of the education and not only that, but the performance you pulled off within a year is like, it, it is just so incredible. I, I, I'm almost lost for words talking about it. So, yeah. you know, I want to know where you really go from here and what your goal is moving forward. And if you have any clarity on maintenance or uh, what, you know, what's going on with that, because I know even leading into SBT, uh, you talked about bringing up your calories to maintenance, just to making sure you're topped off for the event. And so yeah. what is the plan now moving forward for you? So maintenance has actually been a little bit trickier than I thought. Um, so going up to maintenance calories, it's almost weird in a way, cause I've been in a deficit for so long. So I was at maintenance for about three weeks before uh, steamboat, which was probably kind of pushing the limit a little bit, I guess, for such a long race. But um, I don't, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not really care to be super competitive. I mean, yeah, if I get a top 10 in an age group, that'd be great. But I just really, I really enjoy obviously riding my bike. The events are super fun. Everything around it, especially steamboat was great. Uh, like the whole like expo and talking to all these people you know i talked to like a few pros and uh you know i talked to colby a lot and stuff like that uh, about the race before the race picking people's brains um just meeting people in that world um through these events has been super fun um we're doing i'm going to bwr cedar city this weekend nice. That's it's close to it's close so it's an easy one for us but um the events like just just keep on challenging myself. I don't, I don't have any goals for results or um, placings or anything like that, but I have no expectations this weekend either. I'm doing the, I'm not doing the waffle, which is like 130 miles. It's just too much after last weekend. I'm doing the, the wafer, which is still a lot. It's 80 miles, but, um, but uh, what it sounds like to me is that you, you have the freedom to choose what you want to do and you have the freedom now to actually enjoy it and get the experience out of it that you wanted, you know, yeah. opposed to going and wondering if you're going to survive the ride 
like you can go and it's so almost corny to say, but it's like, you can go and thrive. You know, you can go into the event and know I'm going to have an awesome time on this course. I'm going to soak up all these conversations, the community and, uh, you know, even the, the surrounding area. And it's like, it's unlocked almost like a new, uh, it's like an, it's like a whole new world of, of riding for you is what it seems like. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's completely, well, I, I kind of related to this, um, is when, when I was on the black course that, that, that furthest loop at like a hundred miles I was talking about. Um, so it's, it's basically an out, like a kind of like a, a lollipop and then you return on the same road. Um, so I was returning with this group and we were seeing people that were just starting this loop at, um, I think it was like 80 or 90 miles or something like that. And it, that, yeah. that lollipop loop was by far the hardest part of the course and, and passing people going the other way, just starting it. And we're at, um, I don't know, was it five, six hours or something at that point and watching people, you know, really struggling people walking their bike at that point. And I was talking, I was talking to some of the guys that I was with, I was, I was blown away by it in the sense that, um, that was me last year in a way going through, I don't know, I don't know the best way to explain it. It's a different kind of, different kind of pain and struggle in these races, I guess. Like for me, obviously it was painful. You know, I wouldn't say it's painful. It wasn't really, it was, uh, you know, it's just going, riding that far is, is hard. Um, but it wasn't like physically painful on my back. It wasn't like, I wasn't having those physical pains where I, I couldn't pedal or do anything like that, but watching, watching people struggle to get up these climbs or, you know, walking their bike or something like that, um, was, it it was like a, almost like a full circle. I mean, I know, you know, they've got their own journey, their own story and they're, you know, maybe, maybe next year they'll be racing faster than I am. Who knows? But obviously you got to start somewhere. Um, but that was, that was kind of crazy to me to see, see that on the course that was like, that was me last year. And now yeah. I'm just hammering, you know, hammering with these guys the other way, hours ahead. Um, yeah, that that was pretty yeah, eye-opening, kind of. Yeah, that is surreal, honestly. You, I, and I know with the way you say it too, it's like you want that experience for everybody, um, mm-hmm. and I think that almost seals the deal that you don't want to go back to that. And yeah. uh, I really want to thank you for sharing your story because you opening up and being so vulnerable even about that turning point it's super hard to talk about is the reason why one of those riders is going to have a transformation like that because yeah. they heard the process that you went through and the time frame doing it in less than a year is is super hopeful so dude i want to thank you for that i'm so stoked and i'm really looking forward to helping you through the maintenance process because like you said it's mm-hmm. actually more difficult than people understand um that's something that i deal with and really want to make sure that coming into this year's dialed health shred that we can fine tune some content to help people through the process. And for anyone listening, Dan is going to be, you know, leading the charge on that, um, as regarding feedback and his experience too. So, uh, dude, thanks again for doing this. I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, I'm going to tag your Instagram in the description. Um, if people want to go follow your journey, I highly recommend everyone listening to go to the blog on dialedhealth.com now. It's dialedhealth.com slash journal. And you can see Daniel's, not only his written testimonial that we talked about, but his before and after photos. Go and look at them. 
it is it is the most inspiring thing. I showed it to my wife, she freaked out. I showed it to my mom, she lost her mind. So anyways, thanks again for doing those photos. And also anyone listening, if you plan on going through a process like this, take photos. You're gonna be so happy that you did. Go put a kit on and make sure you have that kit in 12 months and put the kit back on. That's all I gotta say. Um, before we roll, Dan, are there any uh, last words of encouragement you want to give to anybody, maybe considering going through this kind of transformation? Um, I think I think in the beginning you need inspiration for something like this. Uh, obviously, well, you, your program and what you do was was a huge part of it. Um, but we didn't talk about this. Was actually I actually reached out to EJ in the beginning. Um, that was correct or ej right from uh norcal cycling yeah yeah so so i i reached out to him kind of in the beginning because i just randomly saw his one of his original youtube videos on his weight loss so i chatted with him a bunch about it and um that was that was a huge kicker on inspiration to kind of get things going um because i saw you know he did it he documented it pretty well and uh so i picked his brain a bunch um but having like having inspiration from, you know, guys like him or, you know, when people see what kind of I went through, hopefully he's a, a kicker to get things going and, um, you know, happy to answer questions. I know he did a lot and you, you know, you helped me a lot with these, you know, these questions that make a huge business, a huge difference over time, um, with, you know, calories, macros, training, whatever. Um, but yeah, just kind of take it in the beginning, one day at a time, one week at a time. And, um, it's, I don't know the best way to explain it, but it's uh, once you get rolling through the first couple of weeks and you're consistent with it, it gets way easier. I think the first couple of weeks are super tough. Um, you're going to have setbacks, bad days, um, but just keep going and, uh, you know, use, listen, um, reach out to people, use them as resources. And uh, yeah, that's kind of, kind of it really. So I love it. You know, give yourself the opportunity to see results and use then your results for motivation. That's my something I'll add is that you got to do it long enough to see the results and that will keep you fired up. So Dan, thank you so much, dude. Um, yeah. Super excited for all this content to come out and uh, I'll make sure I also link EJ's NorCal Cycling 2 channel uh, through NorCal Cycling where he documented that whole journey that you're talking about. Fun fact, he's now editing my YouTube videos. Uh, we just linked up, so very full circle. Um, but anyways, dude, thanks a lot. We'll plan on yeah, seeing sure. you at a race soon. And until then, uh, enjoy some time on the bike and hanging with your wife and son. Appreciate it. I'm right, sure. Thanks so much. Now, was I right or was I right? Are you guys fired up? Are you inspired? How could you not be after that testimonial? <laughs> it was so rad and huge. Thank you to Daniel again for coming on. And being so transparent with this whole process, and I want to remind you guys that you can go to the Dialed Health Journal that's linked in the description to share this article with anybody. It'll have the before and after photos. It'll have the testimonial and also a link to this podcast episode. So it'll all be packaged up nice. Now I have a few announcements for you guys. First one being about the Ask a Cycling Coach podcast that I referred to on last week's just pure announcement episode. It has been doing super well, and I'm so proud of the feedback because I think it's allowing a lot of people to understand my perspective behind strength training, and it really gave me an opportunity to explain myself to a new audience, and there's been a ton of new traffic on the website, so 
absolutely stoked on that. If you guys have not heard it, I would go and check it out. You can find it on anywhere podcasts are available, or you can go to YouTube and actually watch it because there are some B-roll of workout demonstrations that we added to that video just to give you guys that visual. And even if you are a regular listener of the Dial Health podcast, I would go and check it out because it really is one of the most focused conversations I've ever done on just strength training. You know, it's so easy for us to focus on one part of it, but this is very much an all-encompassing episode. And it's that way because we answered questions that the Trainer Road audience sent in to the Trainer Road Instagram. And Jonathan Lee actually went through and handpicked the ones that were received the most frequently and also the most well-rounded questions to try and get the majority of things answered for you. So those are also linked in the description for you. Now let's talk custom dialed health riding kits by LEL Cycling. Really excited for this winter collection. We're gonna be using the same topography design that we did in summer, but instead of a lot of white, we're gonna do a lot of black and essentially inverse the colors. So we're still gonna have the topography, but instead of the base of the kit being white and blue, uh, well, really white and light blue, and then having all the lines and all of the text, decals, logos, and everything in black, it's going to be the opposite. So the base of the kit is going to be black, the blue is going to be darker, and the lines and also the logos are going to be white. And what we want to do with the winter kits is obviously go for heavier fabrics and go for the thermals. So I want to do a full-length bib thermal, and I also want to do long-sleeve thermals, vests, neck gaiters, and hopefully a jacket. I think a jacket would be sick. That's actually one dialed health custom layer we've never done before. And I'll likely do a short sleeve kit as well if I can, uh, but we'll kind of see what the options are as we get moving further along. And hopefully by next week, actually, we'll have some really clear updates for you. It shouldn't take that long because we're just kind of changing the colors and making sure we're picking the right items. But just a reminder, we do this as a team store. So when the sales go live, you'll have two weeks to purchase. It is at a discounted rate, by the way. So the items that you'll find in the team store are more affordable than you'll find on the website. I want to say it's like 20% off or, I mean, don't quote me on that specifically, but it is a significant price reduction, which is also something I'm really happy about working with LEL for everyone that wants to rep Dialed Health. So stay tuned. I will keep you in the loop. I will make sure that this is plugged through the newsletter, also the podcast. It'll be through all my social channels, Instagram, just to make sure that everyone who wants to buy can get it and then we'll have them for the winter. Now let's talk about YouTube real quick. This has been so challenging. I just filmed an entire vlog because I want to make specific content that leads up to the Everest Rome ride, which I'm doing in now just under a month, which is pretty hard to believe. And if you're not familiar with me announcing this, this is a ride that you, basically I climbed the equivalent of Mount Everest, 29,032 vertical feet without repeating the same climb. So instead of doing a regular Everest where you're just repeating the same climb up and down, you can't repeat it at all. So you end up having to do a huge point to point or a big loop. And I've chosen a loop that actually goes from the Sacramento Valley up and over the Sierra Nevada mountains through Tahoe into Reno, back up and over the mountains in South Lake Tahoe and all the way back home on the South route. The total is 320 miles and 30,000 feet of climbing. I expect it to take me in the 24 hour ballpark and we're gonna have more details on the actual specifics of timing coming up because i would like to plan out rest stops and points to kind of check off as the day goes on and uh, i'm training for it so th there's been a youtube series i've been working on to document it and the first episode came out just kind of announcing it the second one got fully edited 
And it was my ride in South Lake Tahoe that was prepping for it. So I rode the death ride route. It was 116 miles, 15K vert, beautiful roads, all the elevation. It was, it was an amazing ride. And I vlogged the entire thing. EJ edited it. He did an incredible job. And I watched it and I was like, this is not right. Like, this is not right for my channel. And the reason being is because it was just so general and don't get me wrong, like there's cool riding shots, like it's cool, I'm riding in the mountains, I am talking about nutrition, I am talking about little things I did throughout the day, but it's not specific enough to really, in my opinion, have impact, or to have a lasting impression on anybody where someone could go back and be like, oh yeah, like I saw everything that person ate on that ride, or I saw all the gear that he used specifically, or I knew the warm up that he did before going out on a nine hour day. It didn't really have any specifics, it was just kind of all over the place. And that was my fault because of me going out trying to vlog when instead I had, should have had the mindset of like, okay, let's specifically give people some actionable information. And I didn't do that. So we're not putting it out and I'm going to come up with a different approach, probably like a commentary style approach, which I've done and it's been successful on YouTube. If you want an idea of the type of video that I think I'm going to try and replicate going forward, it's the should cyclists take creatine video, basically commentary with B-roll. But again, it's very information heavy and it's still got a little personality. Like that is one thing I think I can still add some vloggy video clips to it, but it should help me be more intentional when I actually go and get the clips. Cause like, I'll be honest, you know, doing all the rides and all the layers of work and making the decision of what do you film? What do you not film? It's, it's like, it's a lot to think about. So I think that being a little bit more clear from my end will help me get the footage needed to have successful videos. And thankfully, we have someone like EJ now editing this stuff. So anyways, that's kind of the update there. Haven't been perfect with the consistency, but the training is going really well. And uh, that's pretty much it, you guys. I'm getting genuinely excited for this giant ride. It's great to see things moving in general without health. You know, the training peaks trip I went on was incredible in Boulder. Uh, shout out to Boulder, Colorado there. That that place is so sick. And being there without a bike was kind of torture, but it was a really productive trip. And I'm excited to kind of let you guys in on what I'm doing with Training Peaks in the future uh, as soon as I can. And so uh, it's probably going to be a couple months still, but I will say 2024 is looking really good uh, just for the value of the product and people's experience behind the scenes. And that's all for today's episode. I want to give a very special thank you to the Dialed Fam for all the support and remind you that if you need training off the bike, both strength and mobility, go to dialedhealth.com and get signed up today. You can start with a seven-day free trial. Fill out the program questionnaire and I will respond and help you build your perfect schedule. This is really the biggest way to support Dialed Health and myself personally. So I really want to thank everyone who's taken the time to do that. And if there's anything I can do to help, please don't hesitate to reach out. That being said, I hope you guys have an incredible week. And until next time, start moving forward.